What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio, in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to another edition of All the Smoke. It's been a good little LA trip, Jack. Yeah, we've been working our ass off, but that's what we do. You fitted today. Tell them where they can get that shit out. All the Smoke dot store, of course. I didn't know a couple weeks ago, but I've been looking so good in the shit. I gotta tell got you to. where it's going. You gotta know. Yeah, you did. Man, we got a good one today, man. To me, someone I've been fucking with since 
early, early. My partner uh, in them. Yeah. Man, to me, one of the best in the game. No pun intended. Welcome to the show. Gang. Appreciate you pulling up on us. Oh, uh, man, what's going on with you? We heard uh, the album's coming soon. How, how's life right now? Oh, uh, man, you know, if I feel I feel like if I wake up, man, then life is good. You know what I'm saying? It is. Really, if you wake up and your kids is good and, you know, you can wiggle your toes and fingers, you shouldn't have much to complain about. Mm-hmm. Right? How are the kids? I know you put the kids man, first, so how are they doing? Yeah, don't nobody need help with nothing. Man. That's all I'm hearing is I got it, I got like it. Grown, you know right? And it's like, yeah, once you get them to that point, you can kind of, you know, dive back into, uh, you know, living your own life. What's and, the age range? Uh, Harlem is at Oregon. Um, hooping and uh, oh, so he, he almost 19. That's okay. the baby on the documentary, uh-huh. uh, which is crazy because time just be uh-huh. out of here, you know. what I'm saying I can remember uh, really trying to get him trying to trying to get him to stop crying on the album cover so we can <laughs> on get one photo. Head. Now he <laughs> doing his thing up in Oregon, man. And That's then cool. uh, my my middle son about to turn 15 on Saturday, and then Callie, who is everybody, mama, yeah, uh, she 11, she's the boss, 5'8 though. So it's like you know, yeah. Uh, album coming, Drillmatic. Talk yeah. to us about that. Who who's on it? Who helped produce it? When's um, it dropping? Drillmatic. What I can say about it is uh, this is like uh, really, really me in rare form. It's it's probably my. It's not even probably. It's my best album mm. to date. I know that's you know when I tell people that that's sometimes. Saying a lot. Yeah, it is saying a lot. Um, but you know, I, I've been with myself my whole career, and I know uh, I know when I'm push when I push myself to certain limits, what I'm what I'm gonna be able to accomplish. So this album is definitely definitely the best best album in my career, and definitely gonna be the best best hip hop album this year. Who uh, who you get to work with? Who helped produce? Um, producing is straight. It's Hit Boy. Um, off off rip. Hit You've Boy. Majority too. is Hit Boy. My dog uh, Big Duke, and then uh, this kid Davon who. Is um, amazing. Came in in the fourth quarter. You know, I got uh, the Timberlands and Swiss Beats and right. you know Just Blaze um, in there. But yeah, it's just working with my working in house with my guys. You know, the guys you build a chemistry with. It's sort of like that uh, Primo and Nas moment. You know what I'm saying? When you when you working with people you comfortable with. Yeah, I, it ain't nobody from the West Coast that go hard on the Just Blaze. You belong with Just Blaze. Yeah, um, man. Y'all kill everything. Yeah, that's why I had to make sure I got uh, you know I got one from Just Blaze. Yes, sir. Born and raised in Compton in the 1980s, you said you don't even like to talk about your past because it was so messed up. You know what I'm saying? You want to really talk about the future for your kids. Explain that to me. Um, I just feel like, you know, a lot of people like just like to delve in in, in the past, past situations. I think uh, um, when you think about situations that sort of rendered you helpless, you know what I'm saying? You get, you can, it's easily for you, I mean, it's easy for you to dive back into those emotions too. Mm-hmm. And then to pull yourself back out of that and try to function in a, in a present day can be a little bit more difficult, you know what I'm saying? So I try not to focus on the past at all, like the past is the past. And, you know, my past is so you know, back there that um, it almost seems, you know, surreal, like it didn't even really happen or it wasn't my life. Like getting shot, uh, that's starting to be like a faded memory, you know what I'm saying? Like really, I, you know, some people that I even went to high school with, I see and I, you know, don't know, you know, not to, you know, shit on nobody. It's just mm-hmm. that I, I leave that there, you know what I'm saying? I'm so focused on like tomorrow that I can't even like turn around for too long, you know? Yeah, and, and, and that, that kind of goes to me not being able to really 
relate to people that ain't really been through nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? You you go through so much in the past to get where we are now. It's like, man, fuck what happened back then. Like I'm yeah. happy here and I'm trying to stay here. Especially <laughs> especially the uh the hurtful moments. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The things that, you know, could have damn near killed you or mm -hmm. you know, people that, you know, passed away or met untimely demises back then. Like I, I ain't really trying to think about that, you know? Facts. Facts. What's your favorite part about being a father? Uh I think just that, that aspect. I think that uh having people that you created, you know what I'm saying? Like you, like we, we, we don't even give ourselves as much praise, you know, as we should. Like right. we're creating humans. For real. Like that. Like, you know, you got people out here, you know, they, you know, working factories, they creating trucks. You got people creating computers, microchip. We creating people right. that create things. You, you know what I'm saying? Just so, like you too. Yeah, man. Just it, like you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, same shit. As a father, you know <laughs> right, that's that what you really want. On, and right. you know the, the you know their mothers be hot when they come mm -hmm. out looking just like you. But yeah, man, um the best part of being being a father is just that. Like being able to um re redo, you know what I'm saying, relive your life through yeah. them. Yeah. Being able to, you know, tell them, yo, no, no, to go around that or go left or don't go here. I've mm -hmm. been through that. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that's that's the best part to me is yeah. just being able to really, really be Dying. like the tutor for them. Yeah. That's what's up. Uh, you were known for hooping back in your day. Uh, yeah. Probably one of the best rapping basketball players. Uh, talk to people how you fell in love with basketball at a young age. Um, basketball at a young age, it was it was uh, first my grandmother, um, who where I got my you know got my name from. Game, she used to take me to the Great Western Forum. We used to watch Magic and you know Magic do his thing and, and the Showtime Lakers, James Worthy and all them, um, Michael Thompson, Michael Cooper, like you know those guys. So early on, like you know basketball has always been like you know really implemented and and was was implemented in my childhood. My pops uh, used to hoop a little bit. He he, he wanted him to shoot with two hand niggas. Though, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but he, we but we was out there, you right, know what I'm saying? But right. all love and all praise due to my grandmother, rest in peace, she would always take me to the Lakers game. And so I repaid her a few times, um, you know, before she passed, taking her to see, you know, the Lakers and, you know, Kobe mm -hmm. and, right. and and getting getting her shoes signed by Kobe and sitting yeah. her on the wood. And yeah, so I got yeah, yeah. to, it was sort of a 360 moment. But yeah, uh, hoop is, you know, you know what it is, man. Like who your hoop dreams, man. Um, that outlet being able to, play basketball at the same park as Venus and Serena's playing tennis, but not knowing, you know, we going parallel universes is, is, is crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's like the King Richard movie, I could have damn near been mad that oh, like, right. I wasn't in it. Right. Like, <laughs> right there. Nah, but you know what's crazy about that is they really was out there, man. Yeah. And like, he really caught some some hard days, some hard times, really trying to get his daughters through. But we was all trying to make it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, Did you man. run across them at a young age? Yeah, that? Okay. all the time. Yeah. It was always on the tennis court. Okay. Always on the tennis court. Cause we all kind of the same age, right? Yeah. 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 Since you spoke on the Lakers, uh, you know that's the team you have to love if you're from here. Yeah. If you're in charge, <clears throat> they say I want you to run this franchise. They don't have no significant draft picks this year, no real cap space. How you fix the Lakers? Um, how you fix the Lakers? Sheesh. Um, I would. Damn. You listen to trades for AD? <laughs> you listen to trades for Russ? I, li I listen to, no, nah, no, nah, I don't listen to trades for Russ. So okay. I keep fix. Russ. You keep Russ. I keep Russ. Okay. I keep LeBron. Okay. I dump everybody. Everybody. Yeah, and I rebuild. What about Malik Monk? I keep Monk. 
Yeah, I keep nice. Monk. I keep yeah. Monk. And yeah. look, and, and all those are my guys. You know, D. Right. Howard, those are my guys. I mean, that's my guy. Um, AD, that's my guy. Um, Melo, that's my guy. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I just think that, you know, too much firepower on the same team is just, you know what that do, right. man. It's, need it, some you young need, yeah, you got you need role players, man. It's only one ball. We talking Westbrook, Carmelo, AD, um, Dwight Howard. We talking LeBron, like, you know, Monk. Like, mm -hmm. obviously need yeah. the Rockets someplace, right. man, because he just one of those guys. He was like that in uh, Charlotte. Um, and, and I've been following him since college. But, yeah, I would I keep Westbrook for sure. Again, similar age. You grew up in the, grew up in the similar hoop scene. Who were some of the dudes you grew up playing with that went pro and maybe some of the dudes yeah. that was dope that didn't? I think that the only person, there was one, one, one guy that I didn't want, that I feared playing, where, like, when we matched up, it was like my heart was beating before the tip-off. And, uh, well, no, two guys. One of them's here, one of them's not. BD was so feared. Of course. BD was feared. Uh, three, three. Crazy. Um, BD was feared. And, and it didn't matter when you matched up against Crossroads, like... I seen like me and BD, we we played Slam and Jam together. Mm -hmm. We played like you know we 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 was around the city like you know hooping like and BD did a lot of like street hooping too. Yeah, with street scrapping with mm -hmm. <laughs> the shit. all the smoke. Yeah, for BD, real. BD, yo, facts mm -hmm. out the swans like mm -hmm. you word, know word. yeah. And uh, and so BD was a was feared because even though he played for Crossroads and that was in Santa Monica, like that was a real hood nigga. And so yeah. he he knew how to keep his composure enough to like not. Let it shine. But that's why I say he's so weird. The yeah. motherfucker grew up in Compton and went to Crossroads. That's why he don't know who he want to be. He's stuck. Right. We don't know who he want to be at yeah. times. But uh, so we 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 uh we 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 went for the uh the tip off at uh, Artesian one time. Uh, we, it was probably like tenth grade. And I had hop like I had dumb bunnies, right? Dumb hops. So I of course I go for the tip. I tip it, but it go. I don't know, behind me or so, or no. It went in front of me. BD caught it. That nigga must have did, like, three moves, took two steps after that and jumped. I jumped with him. Shit went Got you. in the rim. Got Ooh. me. Got Ooh. me. And I ain't been dunked on a lot of times. So, you know, I, I get physical. Uh -huh. Like, I, it's going to be yeah. a flagrant. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but nah, BD took it off. They called my, you know, coach called a timeout and off rip because I was at Fremont. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? With Houston and... and, and, and um and, and my whole squad there. Um, but yeah, man, they called a timeout and coach was like, "Yo, what's up?" And I was like, "Yo, I'm ready. I'm ready." And then we end up getting smacked anyway. BD was crazy. And then Ooh, I caught a. Uh, I scored thirty on a on a Ray Young, but he had forty five. Yeah. Where's Raymond at? Ray right there. Yeah. Okay, Ray right Raymond. There. Raymond, you we, remember? We, hey, yo. So let me tell you about Ray oh, Young. Ray gave you. Hey, Ray. Okay, hey, yo. Ray. Hey, Ray. Ray. Hey, they used to Ray. They used to call Ray NBA Ray. Hey, Ray was hey, cold. Yo, Ray, yo, Ray is one of the coldest. Hoopers LA ever seen. Hold up, boy. we talk about Ray taking his 30 piece though. Hey, yo. <laughs> That's what we hey, talk Ray, about. Ray got off 45 though. He said Ray got off 45. Okay, okay. Ray, hey, look, I remember the day. I remember the day like like yesterday. We was uh we was in the gym, Dominguez, Dominguez, uh Cal State Dominguez Hills, right? For a tournament. This nigga Ray walk in, Cortez on, some shorts, yeah. white tee, <laughs> blonde hair. Blonde hair. Beautiful eyes. <laughs> look, look. I had a little. I had a little chick. I had a little chick with me from Westchester, right? She like, oh that. Her and her friend. Oh, that's Ray Young. <laughs> Everybody around the gym. Pretty boy Ray. We like, yo. I talked to my nigga. I'm like, yo, we not going down. This pretty boy nigga. Nah, hell no. <laughs> yo, man, Ray was nasty. He could do everything, bro. He was. Yeah. He had a jumper. He had his cold little, little, little shimmy fade. 
Hops was out of this world. Handles. Ray was crazy. I don't know yeah. what he got now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but back then, you remember that day though, Ray? Yeah, crazy. That's all. And we chopped it up after the game, man. And and I'm one of those niggas like I need to I need to take a shower after the game. Yeah. Ray was so so pretty boy. That nigga put back his clothes and like the nigga ain't look like he sweated. Yeah. <laughs> nigga put he put back on the white tee. Shorts was still crispy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Threw back on the Cortez. Walked up out of there. Hey, Ray was good for that UCLA. That nigga didn't never used to take shower. He liked to lay in the bed after we play. Like, bro, yeah. get your motherfucking ass in the shower. Bro. We just Ray like, nah, I'm gonna take a quick nap. Yeah, right, bro. This nigga used to take them pills the all the time. Pills. Nah, man. Shout out to Ray Young, man. One of the coaches. Who, who were some of the other ones? Well, what, oh, Kenny Bruner. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Bruner. Bruner. Yeah. Obviously, obviously stronger than every other nigga on the court. Just a, like a pit bull. You yeah. know what I'm saying? KB. Um, Definitely David Hamilton. Super crib. So, yo, yo. Let Super me tell you something. Hey, Super crib. Nigga got bro. shot and played hey, in the All-Star game with us the next day. Hey, bro. <laughs> nigga got shot in the leg and played in the game, bro. The next day. But look, let me tell you. Hey, hey Stack. Hey, shout out Super Crib. Hey, and check Kill. it out. Hey, look. They used to put the nigga in the newspaper as David Super Crib Hamilton. That's <laughs> hard. That's so hard. Yo, bro. bro That's we so can't, hard. Yo, you asked the recruiters who they came to see. Oh, we heard it's through Super Crypt. <laughs> like, I don't know if it, you know, it wasn't no internet back then. Right. So it's like, right. too, many people couldn't, too many people couldn't weigh in oh, on yeah. it. But not, nah, yo, it was in the, it was in the newspaper as Super, like David Super Crypt Hamilton. And we looking like his bloods. Like, I want to be super blood. But it's like, <laughs> yo, bro, he had it, bro. He had it, man. Yeah. Um, and Shay. Uh, uh, nah, hey, yo, Shay Cotton, that was our LeBron. Yeah, no tell cap. people yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Shea Cotton, Shea Cotton was our LeBron, bro. Nice. When he walked in the gym, Ray will tell you, like, Shea walked in the gym, everything stopped. Everybody stopped, everything stopped. Whoever he was playing got scared, coach, everybody. Every, every <laughs> and, tournament, he walked in and like it, that. And it was a 50-piece every night, every night. It's just one of those freaking nature type of niggas where he just, you just knew he was going to be like, Grown you know. body in ninth You grade. knew he was going to like be a Kobe or a LeBron. Well, who was and, the last freshman in high school that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Crazy, bro. LeBron, right? <clears throat> no, not a freshman in high school. Oh, LeBron was freshman. Later. Shea was on the cover as a freshman That's in a freshman, high school. That's yeah. Dope. I don't think nobody's ever done that as a high school player. He was cold. Uh, <laughs> Is it true for rumor that you got a scholarship to play hoop at Washington State? Yeah, but it was short-lived because I chose, I just chose gangbanging off the rip. Mm -hmm. Roll weed on the scholarship letters, moms was pissed <laughs> off. And I really not, it's it's a real thing. You know, a lot of people, it's a, it's a laughing moment now. <laughs> you said it was short-lived. Yo, it's a laughing moment now. Right. But, you know, in 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 retrospect, like I really wanted to take gangbanging seriously. Yeah. That shit was cool to me back then. And and, and like niggas was really getting to it. Mm -hmm. And I ain't have to go far. To go to Washington to hoop, nigga had to take a plane train, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And Washington to gangbang and be an all-star in the hood and still be able to go to Southwest College and hoop. you know, hoop and 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 stay local was like a nigga's dream. And you gotta think, the mindset of a of a of an African American teenager back then, you low key scared to lead a hood. Number one, we can't even go too much too far, too far left anyway. or right, and uh, you know in Compton anyway without getting sweated or tripping. So think of going to like you know having to go play in Long Beach, just mm -hmm. you know in the Moore League, and really going to have to play niggas and go that far. So to think going out of state and going that shit like wasn't realistic for a kid with no internet who couldn't see a Washington, like you couldn't Google it, couldn't see it, like just to throw yourself right. into that. Be like, gone. nah, niggas was scared. And and what you were comfortable with was right in front of your face. So mm -hmm. that was a decision that was a career choice for me at the time. And for, you know, uh, everything that happened from then to now, I mean, I'm on the couch. So, I mean, 
it was some fucked up things right. that I went through, but I mean, I'm I'm where I'm at. Right. What other music did you grow up on? I'm really a I'm really an oldies R and B dude. Like when mm -hmm. I get in my car, I don't listen to no rap. Mm -hmm. Like I I put on you know Marvin Gaye, the Pointer Sisters. Like I'm in there rolling to what my mom's cleaned up on Saturday yeah. with. When I when you wake up on Saturday and you hear that you know Anita what I'm Baker, saying? you hear the Anita Baker and Mary Jane girls in the vacuum. You know what I'm saying? Like that those that like that was the type of music that wrote the soundtrack to my childhood. So as an adult, you know I find solace in the listen you know listen to what I came up on. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. You got shot and battered injured. You are recovering from the hospital and had your brother bring you a classic hip-hop album. From there, that's when... The game took off. Yeah, talk about that. <clears throat> um, I had it, it's a little bit more complex than that. I was uh, I woke up out of the coma, and uh, for some reason, like I had this long reoccurring dream that I was, you know, on 106 and Park couch. Don't know why I never rapped in my life uh, up to this point. Actually, my brother was the rapper, but um, for some reason, I had wrote out in my mind five things that I wanted to do. Number one was like go uh, apply at Home Depot because I would just always drive by Home Depot, would always say now hire it. And I figured like, you know, like one day, like I probably can manage this thing, then be district manager. I'll be running Home Depot. I don't know why I had that uh, idea in my mind, but that was number one. Number two on my list was after I got shot, I was like, I'm really about to, you know, go back, you know, I'm going to go hoop. I'm going to find somewhere to hoop because that was always my love. But then I was shot up. So it was like, nigga, how long is that going to take? So third on my list was to... uh become this huge rap superstar and had no idea that it was even possible. It was just, I was trying to figure out, I definitely didn't want to get fucking shot again. That mm. shit was crazy. So I had to come up with five things that, uh, that you know, were, would be an escape for me. And so rap was number three, which ended up being number one because it was the easiest to attain, I felt like, because all I would have to do is get this notebook study some of the greats and then I would have me some bars. Well, even though I thought it was that easy, it wasn't because my first shit was like, Trash. My sister was like, you need to stop this now. Mm -hmm, like, nigga, mm -hmm. you weak. And I was just like, fuck that. Like, I'm about to, you know, I, I started watching 106 in Park as I was recuperating from my gunshot wounds in my grandmother's house. And uh, lo and behold, like, after like 60 days, like, I was ready. Like, I was ready. So I started entering. Uh, I remember I, I went back to school and I, I tried to hoop at uh, Cerritos College, but my ankle would, you know, would give out and shit um, from my wounds. So I was like, enter uh, this little rap contests and uh, I won a few of them shits at the at the college and then uh Russell Simmons had um had this hip hop summit at uh the uh, at the Coliseum I mean not the Coliseum the uh convention center in uh in LA so I went to it saw Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg nigga mm -hmm. I ain't never How seen Snoop Dogg in my life mm -hmm. I was 919 I seen Snoop Dogg nigga never seen Snoop Dogg ever in real life Shit was like crazy that I'm walking up on Snoop Dogg and the nigga was like what's happening cuz and I was like yo 
I'm game. He was like, okay. He was like, what you do? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I rap. And so he was like, well, spit something, cuz. What you so do? So I was like, shit. Nigga, I'm going in my mental Rolodex. Nigga, I got like hella raps. So um, you know, I come out the, I come out and I'm just like, it's the game. Mr. Tinter Windows with your brain. Since the young and up and coming, all I did was cop cane. Ain't trying to change the game, nigga. I still cop cane. I ain't moved out the hood. Still stay where the cops came. And he was like, hi, right, nephew. You could go, cuz. Uh -huh. He was like, good luck with your career. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, so you don't just meet a nigga and get signed. Because mm. that nigga just, <laughs> hey, he, hey, Snoop will tell you. So Snoop mobbed off with like Trey D and, and Goldie Loke. And I was like, damn, well, they go Snoop in the East Siders. Yeah. <laughs> <Cuh>. <laughs> right? So then I was was like, all right, cool. Snoop ain't fucking with it. And so I found a pack of niggas freestyling. So I went over there, spit some more shit. Well, it was a nigga named uh, Fat Rat and uh, this nigga Fat named JT, Big, JT the Bigger mm -hmm. Figure. They was over there and uh, and I was spitting and then I was walking away. As I walked to my car, JT the Bigger Figure was like, hey, you hard. He was like, I want to bring you to the Bay and record a demo. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we go to the Bay and, uh, well, no. He, he said, I'm going to have a flight for you. Back then, again, man, niggas is selling wolf tickets all the time. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. I ain't never even been on an airplane. You know what I'm saying? So he had a flight. And I'm like, shit, I told my brother, nigga, I'm going to the Bay. So I went up to the Bay, and I ended up staying out there for a month recording my whole demo. And because I was so fresh to hip-hop, and in the recording process, when I wrote my raps, I didn't know I didn't know like rap format. So I didn't know you had a 16-bar verse or a 12-bar verse, and then you have an eight-bar hook. I didn't know any of that. So all my shit was freestyles. Mm -hmm. But I'm from Compton. So when I was doing my uh when I was recording, them niggas was thinking like I was on some New York freestyle shit. Mm -hmm. Nigga, I just didn't know when to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so all my shit on my demo just sound like a bunch of freestyles. So that, you know, that's how I uh, end up getting signed because niggas is like, who is this nigga from Compton? It's freestyling like he from New York. Mm -hmm. And really, I just didn't know song format. So niggas, niggas had to tell me like, all right, that's like five minutes. Like, you good. Because mm -hmm. I would just keep rapping keep until I felt like it, you know. Like, I'm out of breath or something. So that shit ultimately ended up getting me a deal with Dre. And, uh, yeah, how you, that was it. You can't just say I got a deal with Dre. How that? I want to hear how that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so basically I came back with my demo and um, I ended up meeting, uh, you know, uh, D, you know, D-Mac. Mm -hmm. I ended up meeting D-Mac and K-Dog. And they had some connections with, uh, you know, so with Puff. So I, I went around with Puff for a minute. And this nigga Puff never let me get in the studio. He, all we did was party, nigga. And I'm like, nigga, I really want to be a rapper, nigga. Yeah. Like, we just party. And he be like, here go, here, here go another bottle of champagne, playboy. And, you know, some bitches over there. And me and Mario Winans, you know, we traveling with Puff and, and Loom back in the day. And, and I never got in the studio. So one day, Puff came up with this idea. He was like, after all this partying for a whole year, this nigga was like, <laughs> you know what, year. playboy? You should go see Dr. Dre. And I was like, I, I, I don't know how to do that. But D-Mac was like, you know, I know somebody. And then um, uh, Mike Lynn, who was Dr. Dre's homie, ended up coming to uh, Cedar Block and, uh, you know, like asking who was game. And first time he came, we pulled guns out on him. And because we didn't know. Like, <laughs> nigga came on the block talking about, like, I'm looking for game. Dr. Dre sent me. So we didn't believe him. So we pulled guns and ran him off the block. Second time he came back and he was like, you know, well, Dre told me come back and get the game. And, you know, if I die over here, I got to die. But come back with the game. Mm. So I told, I told my brother about it. He was like, well, let's go. So we went up to Aftermath. And uh, when I walked in, um, I had seen Snoop again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Now we here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, yeah, now nah, me and Dog, we chopped it up. Him and uh, Nate Dog was smoking in the kitchen. Uh, you know, God rest his soul. Buster was there. I saw Eve that night. Rakim was there actually rapping on the end of, like, uh, writing to the end of the club beat. Mm. Crazy. So it's like before 50 had in the club, Rakim had in the club. Mm. And so when I walked in, the, I opened the door, that shit was just like, you know, it's that ah moment. Cause it's like Dr. Dre sitting right there and a uh, gang of bitches all over the studio and um, uh, women for the groups out there who are gonna try to say cancel. You know, right. but yeah, gang of women in the studio and uh, Dre turned down the music and he was just like, you game? I'm like, yeah, I had just finished whipping up crack and everything. My t-shirt was, my neck was drunk and uh, definitely was the opposite of what Ray Young had on that one day when, uh, <laughs> you know. but yeah, but I walked in and he was like, uh, welcome to Aftermath. And I was like, damn, yeah, mm. this feel good. So I went out, I walked out and I freestyled with Busta Rhymes and that shit was like the, one of the highlights of my career. And then after that, it was on. Explain. When you getting off, so what year is this when you getting off? This is 2002. What's the rap scene? Because you 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 went after yeah, the top. Yeah, um, it ain't no rap scene. It's, uh, I think Kanye just had a car accident and he was getting signed. I, I think I came in right when Kanye was like getting his Rockefeller chain on the, on the stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, Through the Wire, I think Through the Wire was just coming out. Um, 50 had mixtapes out, but album wasn't done. Um, the rap scene, shit, it might have been, the, the hottest nigga might have been Nelly and Chingy, mm. no cap. Mm -hmm. Like, it might have just been them. I know Rick Ross was coming in Miami, but uh, he was still young Jeezy. Mm -hmm. Jeezy was in Magic City yeah. in the strip clubs in Atlanta yeah. getting his rotation, because I was out there with D-Mac and Big Meech and, and Baby Blue and all those niggas running around with BMF. Um, and so, yeah, the, the the rap scene was real little Johnish and little, and, and, and Chingy. Mm -hmm. Chingy was in, and when I active. say Chingy, nigga, don't active. even, I'm not, I don't say that. He moves say, units. Yo, Chingy. Major. I ain't even talking about the units. I'm talking about what we all oh. do it for. Oh, Chingy okay. had bitches. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yo, Chingy? Nigga, when you see Chingy coming, boy, I remember, Louis. I remember being in the Beverly Center one time with Chingy. Nigga, they was running, chasing this nigga through the mall. Like, it was crazy. Mm. Chingy. So, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, man, the rap scene, as far as the West Coast, it wasn't nobody. It was uh, Snoop and Dre, but they was iconic already right. at that moment. And so it was wide open. So it hadn't been uh, shit since, really, since Pac died. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't nobody like no Hold fresh it down, energy, and so right. it, was, it was wide open for me. Uh huh. The documentary it yeah. hits. How did your life change after that? Uh, I can remember I had a shootout in the hood with some uh, with some with some Mexicans, um, and I, we had two shootouts on the same day that the documentary dropped, which is crazy. So I went to my album release party with my window shot out my Range Rover. Crazy, and you know it's crazy, BD. Um, BD co-signed for my first range because I ain't had no credit. Mm. BD went down, went to the BD. Range Rover right. dealership. Shout out BD, shout out Tom, BD took me down boys. to the Range Rover dealership and, you know, I took the money and he put half with me and mm. was like, yeah, you deserve it. And then they, and we left with two Range Rovers. That's so yeah, and then I got the windows knocked out of mine and BD went back to doing what he do. But yeah, <laughs> so I drove to uh, Hollywood with no front window. Mm. Halloween coming through. Mm. The front. That's hard. To your album release party. To the album release party. A nigga drove up. Niggas thought I was crazy, but awesome. I was like, nigga, this is my whip. Like, I'm not getting back. I'm not getting out of this and getting into Monte Carlo, nigga. Like, this is a Range Rover. So I drove it like that. He said, got Halloween to my face. Halloween. Yo, <laughs> I'm talking about nigga look like one of them the old Max L uh, uh, tape nigga, the logo. <laughs> yeah. I can remember, uh, like, still, like, being, like, the album was like, went platinum and I, we were still on the block. 
50. Is it a competitive thing? Is it real beef? What is it? Because you all have had some great motherfucking music together, yeah. and then you guys do some competitive type shit talking on the internet. Like, where is that situation at? 50 is like a... Uh, 50 at one time used to be like this, this real street, super street nigga, right? And, uh, you know, outside of, you know, his, his, you know, the snitching allegations and all the paperwork that they got on him to say he told and all that shit, which is his business and not mine, um, the nigga was a really hood nigga, you know? Um, and so I can't, I can't not validate who I met and who he was because, we, you know, we had some times in the streets um, where shit got real and I was right there and seen him do his thing. But um, as far as, like, now, I mean, obviously he's older and, you know, into the, you know, uh, you know, in the TV and doing that, star on Hollywood and all that. And I, I like all the TV shows. I think it's great. Um, his his hip-hop presence, he don't have none. Not not in today's time. So it's like me and me and him, I think I'm the only nigga that he really, he really don't play with. <clears throat> Cause when you, you know, when 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 it's me, it get it get for real and it and, and it don't end. So he might say a little something, and I might say a little something that he might go away. But other than that, like, you know, 50 is like a, he, he like the he like he like a bully, you know what I'm saying? But at these at this like today, it's like a comedic bully, you know what I'm saying? Because it ain't really gonna be too much action mm -hmm. behind. It's more all, it's more so you know jokes and memes and shit like that. But um, I think that he know he know where where I stand as far as like you know holding myself down, mm -hmm. and uh, he stand where he stand. And I, like I said, I ain't got nothing but you know kudos to give him for everything on TV. But this mm -hmm. rap shit, like leave, leave that alone. Mm. How important is Easy E mm. to you? Everything. Easy E was a person that I met one time, um, not enough to say, like, we had a whole meeting. I was a kid, and he right. was in Compton, like, handing out, like, uh, turkeys and Christmas gifts. He was always there for that. Easy was always there for the kids, the community, and Compton. Like, he really wanted Compton to uh, flourish. And so when I came in the game, like, of course, like, I grew up in the 80s, so NWA, you know, was everything, uh, you know, for me. And uh, my siblings, so I always, I'm always gonna go back to giving Easy everything he deserves. I mean, this is a man that took dope money and, and put a group together, mm -hmm. and that group end up being, you know, one of the biggest, uh, you know, rap groups of all time, if not the biggest. Um, and look, who Easy was like the first Dr. Dre, if we can say mm -hmm. Dr. Dre put on like, you know, me and Fifty and Eminem and Snoop and did all that. Like Easy put on the whole N.W.A. Not to take nothing away from Cube and, and his writing and what he did, but it was Easy that um, really went and got the deals done and got mm -hmm. really, you know, made it something. The doc, go back to the documentary for a second. My uh, start my life <laughs> from scratch and the song with Faith. That's that's some songs that I jam a lot of times. The songs that. Probably I jam when I got shit on my mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So salute to those. Um, I tell how Kobe personally thank you for making that album. Um, Kobe throughout his career um, would just, he would, he would either shoot me a text, and it's funny because having Kobe number in your phone and not abusing it was uh, like you had to have some real restraint because I had so many, uh, like, I, nigga, it's Kobe. Like, nigga wanted to talk to Kobe every day. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Even even if, uh, even if like, you know, you had obviously different mothers and fathers, like, you still felt like he was a brother. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because anytime you talk to him, he always had some game. And one thing that Kobe asked me, he was like, yo, when you going to, like, get on your business and step aside, mm. you know what I'm saying, from the, from the streets? And I was just like, never. He was like, ah, see? See? And just, you know, he'd be like, all right, I'll get with you. But um, one thing about Kobe in the documentary, <laughs> every time I seen him, every time we talk, he would just always tell me how much that album meant to him. But even more so than the documentary, it was the doctor's advocate for him. Mm -hmm. 
the doctor's advocate was the one. You know what I'm saying? He was just like, yo, like one blood. And like I work out every day, every morning I'm up and I throw this on. And every time I came to the Staples Center to see Kobe, like he, if he saw me, I don't know. Like, I ain't never seen the nigga with a phone in his in his shorts. But, but your he, music got played. It was it was. He just gave running. a look. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Had, it was it was yeah. start it was start running, man. And so like I still feel indebted to uh, Kobe just for his contribution to the city, for him never wavering from you know like playing for the Lakers, never being traded, never abandoning the ship, like just taking it in the last game. Oh my God. Six. I said that, yo, I watched it. I watched niggas double team. It wasn't easy. I watched them get 60 on the way out. And it's like that, like when we talk about Kobe, I mean, under these glasses, if I say, the, if I say his name too much, I'm going to yeah, start crying, bro. Because it's like, you would never, you, I would have, you would have never thought in a million years that Kobe would meet an untimely demise. Super, he's a superhero. Yeah. And let me tell you about that day. Eerie as fuck as it was, I was leaving um the recording studio and it was hella foggy. Like I'm talking about on the on the ground level, it was foggy and I couldn't see. And I was like, nigga, I gotta damn near take the streets home. I can't get on the freeway. Cause when I went up the ramp on uh, I mean on um Barham and I got on the 101 and the shit was way too foggy. So I got off and then I took Ventura all the way home. And the whole time I was saying, nigga, I can't see. I'm driving slow as shit. And then um when I woke up, phone, crazy. Mm. And I was like, and niggas, niggas niggas was hitting me like, yo, you heard about Kobe? And I'm thinking like Kobe, like. I know Kobe, right? But maybe it's like some other news. Definitely wasn't thinking right. like last thing on your mind. Nah. Mm. And then when they told me like, you know, his kids or his wife might about might have been with him, you know, the father in me kicks in and I'm just start, yeah. I'm real visual. Start I start thinking of last moments and I put myself there. If it was me, what would I tell my daughter? What would I tell my family? And that shit, like to this day, bro, to this day, like. I drove by the crash site on the way here. Mm. I live in Calabasas. Right. So, I mean, I can't. If I'm going, you know, down Las Virgins, it's, it's, you know, it's what you got to do to uh, get, you know, over here to Santa Monica. And that, it, Kobe, man, this shit still feel unreal. Probably to y'all too. Probably to me, it's just like yep. Kobe. But if anybody's legacy, memory, if anybody is in the afterlife looking down or has a presence, that's the only, it's really the only reason I believe that, you know, you should leave you know, valuable footprints is because of, of people like Kobe. Like, you could feel him. He everywhere. Like, yep. It's his city, man. And that's my brother. And, I, you know, I appreciate everything that he did for me, the city of Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, my, my breaths get short and, and my eyes well up when, um, when, when talking about him. Everybody. <clears throat> After falling out with G-Unit and Interscope, you went to uh, New York to... Uh... Create the doctor's advocate. Yeah. What was your, what, what was going on in your mind at that time? I hated everybody and everything that had anything to do with 50, Interscope, and rap. It mm -hmm. was me time, and I just wanted my people that was riding with me and fucking with me to, to ride with me. And everybody that I thought that was did, mm -hmm. except uh Dr. Dre. Um and, and and again, he had his reasons. And and you know, to let you know, I thought. Like, I thought hip-hop was something totally different than what it was. You know what I'm saying? I thought, like, when niggas sign you, that, like, it's a camaraderie and it's a brotherhood. And, and it's like, uh, you know, bad boy or it's like a Rockefeller. I had, I, like, when you're 25 years old, you're not thinking paperwork and you're not thinking business and you're not thinking bold black print. You're just thinking, like... I'm Aftermath, and we got these chains on, and I'm G-Unit, and we supposed to be a family, but it wasn't like that. It was all business for them, and it should have been all business for me. I just didn't have nobody to tell me at 25 years old that that was the way it went. If I, if I had known, I would have not been as violent. 
as I was. I would have had an understanding because um, that's one thing about me. When I get an understanding about something, I'm good with it. You know what I'm saying? As long as it's been communicated that this is how it is and I can't, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad. So, um, yeah, doing the Doctor's Advocate, I went into the Sony studios to the bottom, the, the furthest studio I could get from, uh, you know, the surface. And I sat in there for, you know, three months and I recorded this album. And it's my most West Coast sounding album, but it was all recorded in New York. Um, and Nas came down there with me, Buster came down there with me, and they they contributed to the album. Jamie Foxx came in, he flew in from LA to New York on a private jet just to, you know, be, you know, be a part of the album because I asked him to. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, man, that that album meant a lot to me because it was me showing the world that I could do it without Dre. 50 was saying he was writing all my raps, which was crazy to me because like there here comes another, you know, album that went five times platinum and nigga didn't write nothing. I didn't have no Dre beats. Um, and so, yeah, man, that album is the one that meant a lot to me. So again, going, you know, doubling back on the Kobe thing, when he told me that that was the album that he fucked with the most out of, you know, the two that I had at the time, mm -hmm. it meant a lot to me because I know what I put into mm -hmm. it. I know what I sacrificed mm -hmm. and I know how hard it was to get it to see the light of day because 50 had just went diamond. Right. And so to put out my album when I was disrespecting Jimmy Iovine, disrespecting Interscope and disrespecting everybody except Dr. Dre um, at that moment and for them to still put that album out, mm -hmm. that means what I did in New York like had warrant. And um, One Blood mm -hmm. drove that album because niggas like in Phone Master Flex, DJ K Slay, RIP, mm -hmm. um, like niggas stood behind me, DJ Clue, um, uh, everybody like Kid Capri, they all was bumping One Blood and so that when I bought it, by the time I got back to LA, pressure. it was on. That pressure, yeah. Nas, Buster, yeah. Legends. I was been spending that time with them. <clears throat> Nas, <laughs> hey, you get a you get a glass of red wine, man, and 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 a a wine glass, and you pour Nas some Opus One or some one of them expensive bottles that mm -hmm. he liked to drink, man, and you gonna see. Sincere from Belly. Yeah. You're going to see Godson. <laughs> you're going to see Illmatic. You're going to see not like it's, it's, it's crazy. When you see Nas, that nigga just look like the coolest nigga. The legend. And I don't care what room he walk into. It just, he just, he becomes the coolest nigga around mm -hmm. when you see him. And so, um, it always been that way. And so I always been a big Nas fan. Um, one of my top three best rappers, most, that most, you know, motivated me the most in my career. I always show him love when I see him. Seen him with Hit Boy, you know, a few months back and, you know, we gave each other kudos again. I thanked him again. Um, the album is half named Dramatic because of, you yeah, know, man. Nas. Yeah. yeah, because of that and his contribution to that. Um, and Busta. Busta is like, cold. it ain't, Buster's we cold. like that. That's the only nigga that, uh, <laughs> that I listen to. Literally, to this day. Um, when he say it, and, and it might not be right then, but I, when I get back in my car or I go sit by myself somewhere in the dark, it what he says starts to, I start to recollect, you know, uh, those memories of the conversation before, and it, it, it always resonates later on. Buster called me borderline disrespectful. He always say, there here go the line, nigga, and you just run full speed up to it, nigga, and hit the brakes. <laughs> and like this much of your shoe go on. So yeah, he'd be like, yo, son, you gotta, you, you know. That's Bust, man, but I love him to death. That is, that is ab my absolute, absolute big brother uh, inside and outside of music. He been there to steer my career. And I feel like, uh, and I never said this before on camera, I feel like if it wasn't for Busta, um, that me and 50 probably be Biggie and Pop in this Ooh, in hip hop. Like Father Like Son was a crazy record. Yeah, man. That's a crazy record, bro. He slowed y'all down, or huh? slowed you down? Slowed me down. 
Mm. You mentioned that. Thanks, Buster. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, for real. real. For real. You said in your early career, in, in your tw at 25, 26, you didn't know it was business. You later found out it was business, broke free, created your own label uh, in 2012. Tell the world the thought process behind that. <clears throat> um, I, I sat I sat in my home with, uh, with myself and my Glock, and I felt like I should... I want to be off this label. Me, myself, and my Glock. Yeah, man. <laughs> I felt like I felt like I wanted to be off this label. I felt like I had a, a you know like a nine album deal or some crazy shit, and that's basically a whole career if right. you even make it to that far. And I was like, I had one more album to put out. I think uh, that I owed Interscope, and uh, so I went up to Interscope with this gun, and uh, I demanded to be let go. Um, I ain't. Brandish shit in the lobby or, you know, pull it out till I needed to. But I went up there and the, you know, the heads that were in the room when I came in, they know. And I was let go. And uh, I've been independent ever since. Mm -hmm. I made more money than I did being signed to Aftermath um, and Interscope and Geffen after as an independent artist than I ever had times 10. So, mm -hmm. yeah, man, independence, mm -hmm. I feel like, is the way. Um, but, you know, for people... You know, signing the major, you know, the 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 album deals, you know, with majors and shit. I don't knock them either because, you know, they got the machine and it's easier um, when you let them do it. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you want your masters and you want to, if you really like to work and you really like to put in the work and, you know, so that you can enjoy the fruits of your labor and be able to right. say, I did it by myself. If you want those people, then independence is the way. So question, creative control and being independent is the same thing basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you are big enough independent artist to begin with and you go sign to a major you can have your people implement um creative control into your into your you know your contract and still be signed to a major and still signed to yeah, a major yeah right, okay. so it's like even though they're the major you you know you still call the shots and that's what like uh let's say uh quality control or you know like a, yeah. uh you know a p um you know the guys that run them labels like you know they like or birdman like you ain't mm -hmm. birdman might go put you know something out through universal but he gonna have all the say so so mm -hmm. it's like that but he has you know that that catalog right what's your message to the new generation of rappers that continue to get caught up in the street life I mean, um you didn't seen it firsthand you grew up in it um and like we all know experience is the best teacher you know we lost nip we lost Dolph. you know pop smoke king von you know it's just we all know it's enough is enough but as we all know too we know how the streets are too right so talk about that for me for the new generation i would say um um I don't know. I, with me, man, I only I can give I give advice to to my younger guys all the time. It's hard to stand on it when I'm still ten toes in it. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I haven't been through what I've been through. Um, I like I got this one line, and I and I and I I gave nobody no bars on the album, but I say, um, you know, I, I say on on my on the outro to my album, uh, dramatic. I say, you know, this is Nas, this is ill will, and I say the audacity of me at 42 years old to still drill. Cause it's like, and, and so the the psychology behind that is that at forty two years old you should be you should you should be in a mindset to where the street life is in the past. Yeah, behind you. But Nipsey died what two thousand nineteen, two thousand nineteen. They killed you know killed my partner right on Crenshaw Slauson where he's from. Thirty three years old though, and even though he was a bit removed from, you know, what, what, you know, what 
he came up as, which is being a Rolling 60s Crip, he still wasn't because he cared about the community. He right. cared about where he was from. So he had to go there and see his people where he wasn't whole. Mm -hmm. And so him dying there, I mean, it, you know, it as untimely as it was and as tragic as it was, like, that shit is a reality it can happen for us out here. And so me at 42 or at 50 or at 60 or at 70 years old, like I'm from LA. It's what it is. Niggas been hating niggas. People been hating people. People still hate people. Look mm -hmm. what's going on in the world. Look at Russia. Look at Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that about? Like, it can't be about anything other than hate. So for me to be 42 years old in a city that has killed Tupac, Biggie, mm -hmm. Nipsey, Pop Smoke, mm -hmm. Slim 400, mm -hmm. Draco just got stabbed months yeah. ago. Yeah. For me to look at my peers, these are all niggas that like, you know, either I grew up with, I never met Pac and Big, but I grew up on their music. Um, Nipsey was my brother. You know what I'm saying? Like he came, I, like I helped him, I helped usher him into hip hop along with him and everything he was doing with his hood and his brother and all that. Like I, I stopped on, um, you know, Crenshaw and Sloss and took Nipsey demo and then brought him to the studio, smoked and we did three songs like that. And I was, and I, then I took him and Kendrick on tour. So it's like, you know, I helped usher this generation of West Coast hip hop into hip hop. So for me to see my brother die in real time, and that's the difference between Tupac and, um, and, and Nipsey is the reason that Nipsey shit hit a little bit harder is because, nigga, there was no internet when Pop mm. died. We only heard about it, mm. right? We saw Nipsey. That shit was on the internet for us to see him, his his soul damn near leave his body. That shit killed me mm -hmm. to my core. It made me so angry that I'm still fucking angry. It made me so angry that I can't let niggas get one up on me. And I'm and I'm a gangster rapper, and I'm still in the streets. And as much as I calabasas myself to death, and as far as, far as I move my kids to the valley, I'm around this city. It's still a reality. I'm around this city, and so I gotta keep it on me because I don't trust nobody. Mm -hmm. I seen niggas die in real mm -hmm. time, and I'm sorry. I can't, like, I can't. I just can't let. I can't give niggas my life. Right. Not in the city that has claimed so many of my peers, and I will not. Right. Mm. Does it seem crazy to think that '02 was my first year in the league? We 42 now. Does it? Crazy to think that you're an OG in this game now. Did you ever see this? Did you ever look this far? <laughs> to be to be perfectly honest, uh, being a nigga from Compton and growing up, you know, between Watts and Compton, 115th and Wilmington and Niggerson Gardens and then Cedar Block and then, you know, my young, spending my younger days in Santana Block Crip and just being engulfed in gang culture, I never thought that I would even make it to C21. And I tell people this all the time, like, I say, you know, without sounding honorary or or really, um, really uneducated or just playing out dumb, like I've been trying to die since 1979, mm. right? Because I'm out here, I, I speak my truth. I, I Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seal myself in front of cameras. You know what I'm saying? I stand up for my people. Yep. And then all of us, and then on the same accord, if I have to, I will kill my brother if he, is posing threat on me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like I tell and I tell I tell niggas this on the album too. I walk people through this all the time. Cause niggas, you know, they want to know like, well, why are you still, you know, talking about violence in your, you know, in your in your in your music? Nigga, do they stop showing uh violence on Netflix? Do they right. stop showing violent be, you know, nigga Rambo do the same thing I do. Only thing different between me and Sylvester Stallone is nigga, I'm out here in the trenches. You know what I'm saying? And so my shit is real. So when y'all ask uh, Sylvester Stallone to pick up the script, he's reading what somebody wrote for him. Nigga, I wrote, I wrote this. You know what I'm saying? So I'm out here living. And so I tell niggas all the time, if I got to look in the mirror and shoot myself, I will. And what that means is I don't wake up with no ill intention on no human being, black, white, no race. But since 
I don't know when, early 1900s, when everything was, you know, set up, when they allowed, you know, white people to, um, you know about the Federal uh, Housing Act and all mm -hmm. that? When they allowed white people to buy these houses and said, as long as, you know, white people buy them and, and no African-Americans are allowed to buy them and you can't even rent or sell your kids, kids can't even sell um, their house to African-Americans. No, To now, it's still in there. Of mm -hmm. course, they don't. You know, they don't honor it no more because it would mm -hmm. just be that it would be crazy to do that. And in, in this, I like to call it uh, this black moment, right? Um, and who knows how long it's gonna last? But it's in there, so be, it goes all the way back then, even further back to Willie Lynch letters and all that. You got to do your history. Um, we don't have enough time here for you know here for me to break it down, but it goes all the way. This deep, re deep rooted hate for a superior race, mm -hmm. obviously, or at least physically. Mm -hmm. We know that. Yeah. Um, and not to shit on nobody again, but I mean, shit, we are faster, taller, bigger, and by nature. But we didn't do that. We didn't create ourselves. This is God. And if everybody praises God, God, um, every race of some sort, whether you call them Allah or Jesus or God or whatever, whatever it is that you pick from, whatever tree you pick from, like it's, it has to be one God. So you got to say that we're all equal. And if we're all equal, right? If somebody is just a little bit better, you are a little bit faster, you would think that you want to clap and not hate. Mm -hmm. Where did we get this deep rooted hate from? We can go down any street in America and we can find it and we can bring it back to this day on 420 and we ain't even that high yet. So we know what right. we're talking about and say that I have a reason to fear myself nah that i mean i can't lie on that one I, I, that is true i mean just to to still be getting death threats from you know what i'm saying from george floyd shit that's just, and you know yeah. I, I don't wake up to i wake up to draw my day and get high and make some money that's all i think about but then just look at my dm and Fuck you, nigga. I hope you died. George Floyd was a crackhead. Like, damn, that that was you still Yo, on that? And then and then I, like, <laughs> like look, you still on that? And I bro? actually I asked you to go even deeper, even uh, you know, deeper than that. That's just from that. That's from the opposition. Yeah. Now, how does it feel yeah. when you when you want to wear your chain, you know what I'm saying, to the club, and then you just got a nigga over there who looking, who might have watched you, might got your jersey. But tonight you just look like Food for his family. Mm -hmm. That's that deep-rooted hate. That yeah. shit has been implemented in African-American mindsets, especially of the black male, the black youth, the, 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 the instruments and the institutions that have been structured to break us all the way the fuck down says that I should put my Glock on when I leave my house. It's not safe. That's tough. It's not nah. safe. And so at 52 years old, if I'm rapping, at 62 years old, if I'm rapping, I'd rather get pulled over and hand myself over then try to climb out the caskets. I've never seen a dead man climb out mm. a, a casket. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What state do you think the West Coast hip-hop is in? Like, is there any artists? We know you rock with uh, Kendrick, but is there any young artists or new artists that you rock with? Um, there is, yeah, there's it's, there's a whole culture of uh, of of young new hip hop artists out here. Um, I would say the one that I that I listen to the most these days is probably Baby King. Baby I King. like Baby King. I All like right. Baby King a lot. Yeah. Um, um, he also cousins with Kendrick. Kendrick got a new co- uh, album coming out. Um, I rock with Reason. Um, he hard as fuck. Um, there is a uh, you rock with La Russell? Yeah. I, yeah, I fuck hey, with yo, him, dog. Yeah. I fuck with him, dog. Yeah, nah, <laughs> I fuck nah with they him. got it. They got a lot of cash, man. Like I would just do myself uh and do them an injustice if I just try, ran through some names and didn't run Forgot through them all. They know Thanks, who they are, man. Right. And they they out here going crazy. The baby stone gorillas is crazy. I gotta get on that. Yeah, get on them. They early too. It's yeah. like, you know, it's a good time to catch them. Um, TD, um, Compton niggas is, you know, on the rise again. And yeah, it's just a lot of dope West Coast hip hop artists out here. Shout out to Tyler. A lot of people don't even know he 
from the trenches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, everything he did with just winning, you know, his Grammy and all that. That shit is dope. Um, and then, yeah, me, I'm still here. Of course. <laughs> of course. Been working a lot with Kanye of late. What's that experience been like? What is some stuff you learned? What, how was that energy and vibe between y'all two? Yeah, Kanye, uh, since me and Kanye had this freestyle battle, uh, I, was you at the Nike Town party? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I feel like you was there. Yeah. Um, me and Ye had this freestyle battle outside of this, uh, this Nike town on uh, Wilshire. Back in the day, it was a fly party. Everybody mm -hmm. was there. Chingy was there. <laughs> <laughs> Chingy was there. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> but, yeah, Chingy was there. Nelly was there. Yeah. And, like, these is the niggas. Like, these are the niggas with the most money, most chains, most bitches. So, yeah, me and Ye, uh, we, we end up freestyling outside of it. And, and you know, Ye, because it's punchlines the chicks was like i was my shit was all gangster you know what i'm saying but i was going but yay had the punchlines and he had the women and so he, he beat me that night and uh but so ever since then man me and yay we've been locked in uh i can remember getting my first beat cd with just k dot west on it had like 12 beats on it one of them was dreams mm -hmm. and uh we threw you know dreams ended up being one of my biggest records um but it, from there Second album, yet again, Ye was with me on the second album. You know what I'm saying? He was he gave me Wouldn't Get Far, and we did it that night. As soon as I heard the beat, I was like, Wouldn't Get Far, fucking these rap stars. You know you are. Put your hands up, lady. But uh, and then Ye did his verse, and then we had you know another smash. But that been my brother um, throughout hip hop. We had some times where he called me, and he was like, Yo, you know. Can you please stop talking about my wife? And I, was just like, <laughs> and I was like, you got that. And so I stopped yeah. until I started again. And then until it was I started like, again. <laughs> and then, you know, he wouldn't talk to me for a while. I and then until I started again. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, we get in the studio and he always, he always joke around, you know, you know, uh, like on the contrary, what people might think, like, yeah, is uh, you know, he a comedian too, man. Mm -hmm. So he be shooting me shots um sometimes and I I'll be he make me uncomfortable in the studio because so I'll be like, like why? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> why? why we gotta go there? <laughs> um, but yeah, man, Ye is uh that's my brother. Always got his back. And you know, a lot of people I've been catching a lot of flack for saying um Ye did for more for me in my career in the yeah, last well, two yeah, weeks yeah. than Dre did my whole career. Well, one thing Dre did was sign me, right? But Dre signed the hottest nigga in Compton. It didn't matter who was gonna sign me, I was gonna be yeah. the next nigga. So um, as far as Dre and Jimmy Iovine signing me to Aftermath and Interscope, they also did themselves a favor because they had picked up where Tupac left off in signing me, because I was gonna be the next nigga. So it's like, as much as Dre did for me in signing me, I did for him in bridging the gap for the West Coast. I mean, you had 50 and M, but you didn't have Nothing on the West Coast, you know what I'm saying? A lot Snoop to get was independent and went through yeah. No Limit and, you know, all that. So it's like, as much as Dre did for me, um, I did for him. Um, and he'll tell you that if if we if we being honest. Um, and so when I say that Ye did for me, you know, more for me in those last two weeks than Dre did my whole career, it's like the conversations I had with Ye, the billionaire mindset that he put me in, the rooms that I walked in, I've never, Dre has never put me in those rooms. So it wasn't to say that Dre wasn't shit, he never did shit for me. I'm saying that my mindset and what I know now, my financial literacy, mm -hmm. just from being around this man, is more than I could ever repay him. And that mm -hmm. is absolutely more than Dre's done for me in my career because I can be, remember being signed to Aftermath and being damn near broke. Not saying that was Dre's fault, but niggas wasn't putting niggas on to no money. Like, I wasn't part of the Dre the Beats uh, headphones deal, but mm -hmm. I was in the room when niggas was creating it. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm not saying niggas owe me nothing. Like, you don't, I don't, I don't wake up feeling like you owe me this or you owe me that. It's like the Super Bowl shit. I didn't feel like, like niggas owed me 
you know, like I didn't feel like niggas owed me a call and put me on. I just felt like it's weird that I'm not there and the shit yeah. is in the SoFi Stadium and it's West Coast and mm -hmm. it's like, I felt like niggas shoulda, but I don't feel like they owe me that. You know what I'm saying? So. You been uh, talking recently about, uh, uh, is it a versus or just a battle with M? With M? <clears throat> yeah. Talk about that. Um, that would be like, dope. Again, and I and I hate to break it down like this, but I have to because it's gonna make the most sense to everybody. It's like, it's like when I just walked y'all down uh, memory lane with how, um, how the housing authority like regulated so that you know. African Americans or niggers mm -hmm. wouldn't ever be able to own nothing. And mm -hmm. it wasn't that black people couldn't afford $9,000 and $10,000 homes. These homes back in the day cost $10,000, you know what I'm saying? And there was a lot of, you know, working class black people that could afford it. They just was, it was clauses where they wasn't yeah. allowed to be in it. So we see where black people are now, right? Um, and so they, it, we've been in the pits of hell as far as like uh, our financial literacy and our and just our financial status because niggas put, weights on our shoulders and held us down. Well, they did the same thing to us with Eminem, right? Because I'm not saying Eminem is not a skilled rapper, right? But there are men goats out there. There are niggas out there that are maybe better than Kobe and Michael Jordan that will never make it to the NBA. And so I'm saying that Eminem is a, an outstanding lyricist, right? Now, you put him with Dr. Dre, who is from NWA, which, you know, easy helped create with Ice Cube and all them, and now Eminem has a a stamp. You put him under a machine, right? Interscope, one of the biggest and Universal, which which is one of the biggest um, hip hop conglomerates as far as like when they put money behind something, it's gonna move. So they could damn near take this white guy right here behind the camera and tell him that this is who is next. And with the writers and with everything that Dre has and Interscope has under that building, niggas can make him a superstar. Or you, or you. Could have been a rap superstar coming under Dr. Dre and Interscope. So I'm saying that we were told that Eminem was the greatest. Oh, and by the way, he was white. And that had that played a, you know, a huge part in his success. Because if you can get white America, you know what I'm saying? Like, you are super solid as far as, like, album sales are concerned. And then who is he with? He's with Dr. Dre. So then we got niggas, too. So then it's that much bigger. Then Interscope puts the money behind it. You put the money behind a fucking uh, a pile of shit and, and you put shit on TV every day, it's only going to be a certain time before people be like, yo, we got to see it. We got to go smell that. So I'm saying, Thanks. so they can literally, they can literally take a nigga who is just as skilled, don't put nothing behind him and that nigga will never see the light of the day mm. on the label. Does that mean that Eminem's better than that guy? No, it just means that he wasn't chosen. So when I say that, you know, I want a rap battle with Eminem or Eminem is not the greatest rapper or I'm better than him. It is you on draft night. Nigga, who? Mm -hmm. Did you think that Matt Barnes was better than you on yeah, draft night? Yeah, not at all. You know what I'm saying? And and again. <laughs> no. And, and no. And no, nah, no, nah, for real though. Hey, I think it's like not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, right. what, what? you got drafted what? Second round. We both Se got drafted yeah. at the end of the draft. Drafted yeah. second round. Yeah, yeah but everybody but nigga, was gone. But, we got but drafted. Look, but your household names. Now, you can't tell me that, what, second round, if you was what, thir uh, what 30th pick or 40th pick or something like that, that, the tw that you thought that 39 niggas was better than you on draft night. Yeah. You waited till your name was called, but you didn't, you seen, how many niggas you seen get up? You'd be like, nigga, I killed that nigga at so-and-so, or I will kill mm -hmm. him. 
And is that not not the mindset you're supposed to have as yeah, a warrior, right. as a competitor? So again, stop trying to make it seem like when I see Eminem, I'm going to drown this nigga or beat this nigga up. Right. I'm supposed to, number one, I'm supposed to think that I'm better than every single rapper, else why would I do this shit at all? Well, you, I, this is the only point I made, because I listen to Eminem too, but I tell this to people. Ain't nobody in our neighborhoods riding around listening to Eminem in their car. That's all I'm saying. Like, we ride to you. We, You know what I'm saying? But Eminem, like, we know his songs and the Renegade and all that, but we not riding and around you know, full deep listening to Eminem, and, dog. Yo, we just not look, doing that. And, we just not again, doing that. When I'm just, have you just ever, and, I, and I'll, I'll take it away from you, when have you ever heard an Eminem song in the club? When have you ever heard this shit in the locker room when niggas like, yo, this is the new M. I'm about to go crazy out here when they do this tip off, nigga. So again, so again, so again, it must happen when niggas is training for the Olympics or or some shit or when when white boys is surfing, dude, or doing what the fuck they doing. Because I mean, I don't, I'm, and I'm not taking away from them. I don't hear Eminem in the streets. I just don't. Yeah. And so again, it's like it's it's not saying that he can't rap. The skill set is there. Mm -hmm. I'm just a better rapper. Mm -hmm. I just haven't been given the light that he's been given. They didn't put the money behind me that they did. They put some, but as soon as I as soon as I showed my ass and showed I was a little too black for what they expected, well, the budget stopped. Mm. I could have been pushed to Eminem heights. Fifty got pushed to those heights because he played nice, and Eminem and him are like this. You know what I'm saying? Niggas don't even know that M wouldn't even do the Super Bowl unless Fifty was on it. If Fifty, if Drain put Fifty on the on the Super Bowl, Eminem wouldn't have showed up. So again, that's their camaraderie. So they put the money behind. The, the niggas who played nice. And when them niggas told me, you know, a lot of people don't know this. Like 50 and uh and Jimmy Iveen, they they gave me a million dollars to uh to stop saying G U not. They wrote me a check. They bought it. Bought the I had to trademark the G U not. And you remember when I was going around with the rat and doing yeah. all that shit, that shit yeah. hurt. Killed G Unit. You stop seeing the candy, the candy cane tank tops and all that shit. All the, the whole G Unit, Mark Echo, all this, the shoes, all that shit died. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That shit was a hot commodity at once. G Unit clothes. The niggas was wearing the sweats, the headbands, the masks, everything. That, that mm -hmm. shit died, bro. And then so they had to pay me. I should have asked for more, but the niggas gave me a million. But then I'm a hood nigga, so I'm like a a million dollars just to stop saying this word. <laughs> yeah. With a check. That's they crazy. wrote the check and I stopped saying it. So again, they suppressed the movement. You know what I'm saying? And so I had to, you know, fall over here. And after a while, like, they stopped giving me the budget. So as you start seeing, like, my record sales start declining, it wasn't that I wasn't still the same rapper I was. It was that they wasn't putting my shit on TV and pushing pushing it at radio like they used to, like they was doing because I was honorary and I was too disrespectful, borderline disrespectful, uh, so Buster would have it. But yeah, if you don't play nice in these buildings, nigga, you know what it is. You are, your career is Martin Luther King on the balcony. Mm. And they will kill your career in front of your homies, and Jesse Jackson will be left to tell the story. Mm. I, it, you know, I know, I know what did help him in the hood though, when he had Jay backpedaling on that Renegade. Oh my God, remember that? that shit was tough. Yeah, <sighs> he had Jay backpedaling on that Renegade. I give him that one. Yeah, but see, it's a, it's a, it's a story behind the whole, you know, the whole Renegade and all that. Like, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was Royce the Five Nines record, and uh, and M like uh, and Jay like Jay had it, and then M was like, like again, this is like my, like don't quote me on this, but like uh, Jay like didn't get a real chance to like go at him. Word. M might have had the last verse, and the whole verse might have already been on it or something like that. But it was Royce the 5'9's song. Like I'm saying, like I told you earlier, that in the club along the Rakim first, but like crazy. Rakim on the, in the club know. beat, yeah. he was like, Rakim was like right. not fucking with the, bing, bing, you know that, you know Rakim is Rakim. Yeah. So again, man, it's a lot of, 
a lot of stories and a lot of other moving pieces behind what the headline. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas will see this interview, and of course they'll or any interview that I've done, they'll say, "Oh, Game says he's the better rapper than Eminem." I said that, but I also gave him mm. his flowers and said that he's mm -hmm. a pretty good lyricist. He's just not better than me. And if he is better than than me, I want to see. Yeah, it's a lot of people that's in the top seventy-five. We talk about it all the time that I got better numbers than. Right. But we ain't gonna go there. <laughs> we ain't gonna go there. Hey, when it's all said and done, Kyrie wasn't in the top seventy-five. Crazy. Dwight How? Howard. Dwight Howard wasn't How? in the top seventy-five. Antoine Jameson has twenty-two K points and ten thousand uh, boards, right? <laughs> and then he not in there. But again, yeah. man, it's politics Bill all Walton. the way around. <laughs> when it's all said and done, Trash. what do you want your legacy to be? Shit, I want my legacy to be that. That I stood, I stood on what I on what I was, and if I mean, if it happens like Nip, if if, if it happens to me like Nip, or it happens to me like, um, you know, like Dr. Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, like I, the the one thing I'm not scared of is death, right? How can you be scared of something that is the inevitable? There is no person in this room that will not meet that. Right. So it's like you can't scare me with what's coming. It's for sure coming. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you can't scare me with that. So um, I want to go out or I want to be remembered as somebody that stood on everything that they was. And that is a a father. I'm black. I'm blacker than the Sony camera I'm looking into. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm black, unapologetically black. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be heard. I will not be silenced. And um, if you got a problem with it, I guess you got to do what y'all got to do. Maybe walk past an airport and poke a nigga with a needle or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm here. <laughs> Unapologetically. Right. I'm praying I'm praying to Allah, though, that your last days will be in the bed at home, right next to your kids. I, that's what yeah. I want for you. Can't wait. Quick hitters. Wind it down. First thing to come to mind. If you could be remembered by one bar lyric in your career, what would it be? It would be... Um... Haha. <laughs> I got some shit on my chest, I must confess. Last night I was the nigga that shot up your projects. Mm. Now I'm back in the hood with rocks and the Pyrex, tan khakis, and the Nike Airs with the, the Dodge checks. Don't get me started. I was forced to live this life, <laughs> forced to bust my chrome. My, my pops, pops left, left me, me in, in the foster, foster home. home. I felt abandoned like quick, now that Mossberg gone, gone, so I don't hop in the SS without, without the Mossberg homes. That's it. Yeah, mm. Mm -mm. I feel that. Uh, build your LA starting five and uh, starting five, and you're in it. So you plus four from LA, whether they went pro or not. <laughs> I'm gonna take six, man. Um, I'm gonna definitely do. I'm gonna do Kenny Bruner and, and BD in the backcourt. Bullies, two bullies. Guess I'll put Ray Young at the three. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Charles O'Bannon at the four for me, and uh, that was like our little hood, Barkley. And uh, I'll go Jelani McCoy. Okay. Okay, Jay, man. Two Bruins in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of Bruins in here. I love it. A lot of Spalding. A lot of Spalding's in the seventh row at UCLA. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Say, Term, you got honorable mention, Term. <laughs> he think he still think hey. he nice. <laughs> Yo, Term. <laughs> he still think hey, he yo, nice, dog. I ask him, like, why you be cussing everybody out every time you make a shot, bro? That's, yeah. the, that's just that's how every he is, Hey, yo, Term is like the 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 black hoop in Yosemite Sam. Yeah. <laughs> think about it, right? <laughs> think about it. That nigga turned that Every right. shot. East side. Come on, Term. He ain't got to say east side every time you shoot. Every yeah. shot. He's cussing. <laughs> Bitch ass nigga. Man, bro, what he do to you? <laughs> they know. They know. <laughs> Term. Top five LA MCs of all time. Mm. Um, definitely in any order. Any order. Um, 
Um, MCs. Hmm. I would go... Because I know the difference between rappers and MCs. Yeah, I would go Ice Cube. Yeah. Um, Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself. This is in no order. Um, whew, damn, that four and five get tricky as fuck because... Um, MCs. West Coast? Yeah. LA. E40. 40. Ooh, 40 water, man. Yeah. Sprinkle and, me, man. And uh, at five, but it could have been in any order, I'm going to have to go with MC Ren. Mm. Ooh. Hard. Hard. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, favorite hood spot, uh, food wise? It's like kind of under the radar. Favorite? Just one? Yeah. Or you can give us a cup if you want. Uh, Mama Nakas. Where's that Burgers, at? Burgers, Compton. Burgers, Burgers fries, fire. That shit come off the grill. Like, I don't know. Who, who makes it? What's the name of it? Mama Nakas. Mama Nakas. Tams. Tams Tams been mm-hmm. there for a nigga. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the nigga Domino's always rain. Domino's? <laughs> no, nah, especially when they first, when they first, see, a lot of people don't know. When they first came out with the, if it ain't there in 30 minutes, it's free. Niggas, we wore their ass yeah. out. Yeah. We wore their ass out. Niggas wouldn't open the door. Niggas <laughs> would block the streets. Like, nigga, nah, nah. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I'll just do five. Randy Donuts, man. You know, yeah. you come on from LAX, you come from yeah. Dubai, you come from wherever. Like, Grab Randy's is there yeah. for you, man. And you take sure. Randy's, you put it in the microwave, six seconds. That's all you Only. need. That's, That's all it. you need. And then uh, five, man. Man, I got Travis Barker's Crossroads, the vegan joint. It's crazy. Where's that at? Uh, it's one on Melrose. They about to put one in Calabasas. Crossroads. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I ain't vegan, but I be vegan yeah. when I eat there. Yeah, nah, man. <laughs> Build your dream dinner with five guests. Dead or alive? Uh, man, I got to sit with, I definitely got to sit with Bob Marley. Um, Just on the, just the smoke. Mm-hmm. Um... Dead or alive, dream dinner. Bring back Nip. We got some unfinished business things to talk right. about. Tupac for sure. Never met Pac. You might just say I hold wall then, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Kobe. Yeah. And, uh, shit, man. Probably buy a dog from X at the dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole wall there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Last question. If you could pick one guest that you would want to see on All the Smoke, who would it be? Well, before you answer, but you before, have to help us help us get your answer on the show. All right, so it's uh, let me see. Yeah, I, uh, damn, I don't know if I can help. Get M on here. Yo, you said you can't help us. You got see somebody you can help us. You can't help. <laughs> I mean, us well, look, this this interview would help. Ooh. I told him come outside, man. It's time to rap. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him on here, man. Y'all can do it. I would love for you to come on the show, M. Yeah, yeah, she'll be dope. Come on down, bro. I yeah. fuck with you. You dig? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was your call out? Yeah. I, I need that shit. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't asking Regina Hall to come. I was asking Regina Hall, it'd be different, nigga. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Put some passion into it, nigga. Yeah, yeah. okay. I yeah. feel you. Yeah. Well, man, we appreciate Hold your up. time, man. Oh, before, shit. Before, before, got, yeah. You know that's our dog, man. Yeah, my bad. Can't let him leave empty handed. Come on, now you right. tripping. Forgive him.
And where can we find it? Let me ask you this time. This is some merch, yeah. bro, from all the smoke merch. Oh, yeah, no, all the, all the smoke I got dot, for y'all too, man. Yeah. It's just in the car. We, we, we appreciate you coming, bro. We couldn't let you leave empty-headed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice little sweatsuit. You know what I'm talking about? You can throw yeah. on one of them videos. Oh, yeah. You know man. what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 throw on one of them videos, yeah. all the smoke boys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, they not out yet, so you got them early. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, man, we appreciate your time, bro. Best of luck oh, with everything. Love, Upcoming album, Me and the Pops. Yes, sir. Man, that's a wrap. All the smoke. Game. You can yeah, catch man. us on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll see y'all next week. Compton. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.